There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Watford Buzz podcast. This is going to be another opposition breakdown. Feels like it wasn't that long ago that we were here talking about an upcoming game, Sheffield Wednesday last time, and obviously that game now has come and passed. Another victory, 1-0, uh, went at Vicarage Road. And jump ahead to Monday and we've got another fixture. Um, fixture's coming through really quickly now. Obviously an excellent result and results around us are pretty good too. So feeling pretty good after this uh, opening fixture list of the weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to be looking ahead to Middlesbrough now. Uh, which is going to be a different different test for us. I think it's going to be something a little bit, a little bit trickier. Um, not that Sheffield Wednesday was easy. I, I didn't think we were at our, our best performance levels, let's say. Um, but I discussed that with uh, Matt Massiano on the normal edition of the Watford Buzz podcast. So go and listen to that if you haven't already. Um, this one's going to be focused predominantly on Middlesbrough. We will look at them as a, as a whole. Um, if you haven't listened to any of the previous uh, opposition breakdowns. What we kind of do here is we we just look at the squad. We we go through Middlesbrough's recent games. We have a look. I've, I've gone back and watched a few, look for their numbers, and just try and get an idea of what they're going to present um, come match day. Uh, how they like to play, kind of strengths, weaknesses, some players to watch out for, and uh, how we're going to match up against them, or or how they're going to you know look to hurt us. Um, so that's just kind of the general idea of this. Um, so yeah, I'll get straight into it. So obviously, manager of Middlesbrough, Neil Warnock, is quite a known quantity. Um, they sit ninth in the league. They've had quite a good season overall. Um, they kind of snuck in a little bit kind of under the radar as, as the season's gone on. They've got more and more comfortable in, in kind of what they're doing and they've, they've got, become a little bit more efficient. The form's tailed off a little bit recently. They've they've actually lost three out of the last five, um, which obviously is a, isn't the best form for them. Um, but having said that, they're still capable of kind of turning things around. Um, they've got some. They've got some good parts this team, and I think they're definitely a danger. Um, I think they're a much better team than than Sheffield Wednesday, who we just faced. Um, so yeah, have to keep have to be mindful of that. Um, but I, I do think they're a playoff team. I, I think they're someone a, a team that could could get into that playoff uh, position. And once they are in there, I think they could be quite a difficult test in in the actual playoff competition. I wouldn't want to face them myself. Um, I'm actually been quite impressed uh, going back and looking. I watched I watched the defeats against Bournemouth, um, which. Uh, wasn't their best outing. They looked really off the pace. I think they struggled to kind of get back into things, as we did as well in, in some respects. Um, and then I watched their game against uh, Millwall as well, which they lost um, 1-0, which wasn't the best game. So I had a look at Preston 2, which is the last victory they had, where they won 2-0. And uh, yeah, you can see a lot of the a lot of the positive sides of this um, this Neil Warnock-Middlesbrough team. 
So yeah, I'll get into kind of how they set up. So looking at their kind of shape and the, the formation. Um, most recently against Bournemouth, they played a four-four-two, uh, but they're quite a flexible team. They've they've changed around a lot in terms of systems they've been deployed in. Um, they've spent seventeen percent of their time in the four-two-three-one. You know, good system that can offer you a lot in terms of balance. Uh, obviously, one that everyone's pretty familiar with. And then they've also spent another seventeen percent in the four-one-four-one, which you know we're talking minor differences here. Not huge differences, but it's more about that kind of double pivot in the four two three one, that more more single pivot in the the four one four one. So you've got a deeper line midfield that's going to be sitting back and kind of dictating the tempo and play. They've also spent fifteen percent in in a three five two, which obviously another system we're quite familiar with. And then it's uh, really the rest of the that percentage is just kind of spread around various formations and you know four four two a three four one two so they play around a lot and Neil Warnock's definitely been experimenting with with how to use his players and what what I do quite rate about this team is there is that balance they can they feel like they're quite comfortable in in various situations and various systems and, and Neil Warnock's been adapting his adapting his uh, his setup depending on his opponent which is is nice to see it's always good to see that from a manager um, I, I went back and looked at how, how they set up against teams around our position I kind of thought they might they might favor that three at the back system um, but actually they've, they've kind of predominantly gone for a, a four at the back which is interesting I guess they feel maybe they've got that balance that they're trying to trying to counterattack. Maybe they feel there's that flexibility there to do so. So yeah, I think that's quite likely we're going to see that four at the back. Then having said that, I mean, if I was setting up against us, I think I'd probably want to go the four at the back just because I wouldn't want those those wings too isolated um, personally. But you know, obviously that remains to be seen. But in terms of success. The, the three the three at the back systems actually been the most successful for them in terms of results they've got five wins three draws one loss uh, and you compare that to the four two three one when they have four wins one draw five losses um, and then I can look at the four four two as well which I've only played a couple of times but they've got one win one one loss in that in that system so there's no real kind of certainty in this it's kind of hard to predict if I was going to bet on it then I'd probably say we're going to see a four at the back um, and that's where I think we're heading but you know as I said could end up with a three at the back system on the day which you know we have to kind of account for all these different scenarios but I think the one thing you can say about Middlesbrough is they they do stick to a certain philosophy regardless of what shape they're deployed in Uh, so that's kind of worth noting Um, so kind of in terms of style of play we'll get into that now Um, kind of robust athletic team you know they can cover the ground really well. It kind of gives them that flexibility to play in a, ver- a variety of systems because they have that athleticism that allows them to kind of move across positions, change during during game, mid game. They can adjust. They're aggressive. Um, they like to press quite quite hard. Maybe maybe they'll be a little less aggressive in the opposition third to someone say like Barnsley that we've played. But once you get in their half, they are quite aggressive and they they can sometimes they sit quite deep. Sometimes they sit a little bit higher. They do react to the team, which is always nice to see. Um, from a defensive unit so something to watch out for especially if we're kind of trying to play in that midfield area we've got to be aware of the fact that we're not going to have as much time in certain situations so yeah they're quite aggressive but uh, offensively they like to play quite wide um, regardless of the system they're looking to play wide their main threat really comes from those from those wings the crosses from the left hand side particularly it is really where they look to hurt the opposition um, it, it's difficult to play a team like, like Middlesbrough when they play with that width because they have the width with both sides they won't often you'll see a team that will once the ball's wide on one side of the pitch they'll kind of tuck that opposite flank in but Middlesbrough like to kind of play quite stretched at times um, if they can switch the ball which they do look to play quite long 
quite vertical at times. They can be quite dangerous and quite hard to stop. They take a lot of quantity of shots and they just they're quite. A, I think balance is the, the main thing. I think when I when I look at this Middlesbrough team, there are examples of of games where they've looked a little bit too defensive or maybe been a bit there's a bit too on the front foot and it's kind of hurt them. But they have had phases they've been able to kind of find that balance and it's definitely given that good run that's kind of pushing towards their playoff spots. So they kind of seem to me like they're playing a little bit beyond their like above their the means of their parts sometimes, um, which again positive for them. So yeah, them crosses are a, a big thing that come up a lot when you're watching the when you're watching their video back. Is a lot of balls into the box, and that's that's their main threat. Um, that's what they look to do. So strengths in general, it's that variety and system. I think is a strength. Then the fact they've got the versatility to do so. Um, they like to counter attack. They're not a team that's going to look to dominate possession. That they're happy to kind of give up that possession. It's not their. It's not really their strong suit. Um, and they're happy to kind of avoid the ball a little bit. And then they can steal that possession back from you. They're good at winning it back. They can counterattack. Um, they're very strong in the counterattack, especially when they're attacking from them wide areas. Um, they're a good, aggressive team. They, they've come back from losing positions regularly this season. They've been very good at that. They've been relatively clinical. Um, set pieces attacking, they're good. Um, they're pretty strong in that area. And, you know, their expected goals is 50.56, which is seventh in the league, which, you know, it's playoff level, which is. Is good for them. That's what you want to be seeing, especially when a defensive record is also very good. Um, they limit the number of shots that are against them. They, they average seven point nine two shots against them, which is third best in the league. They don't. So they're creating chances. They're not. They're not giving up many in the other ends. They're fight, again. It's that balance that we talked about earlier. Um, challenge intensity. There. That's duels, tackles, and interceptions per minute of opponent possession. They're seventh in the league for that. So again, they're aggressive. They're winning that ball back, and I, I quite like what I'm seeing from uh, from this Middlesbrough team. Again, they weren't great against Bournemouth. I feel like they lacked a lot of these things we're talking about here. They weren't quite up to speed. But when they are, they are a threat, um, especially when they're limiting the opposition uh, shots as, as much as they can as well. And as I said earlier, it's that left-hand side where the crosses are mainly coming through. Marvin Johnson, he, he attempts the most crosses in the league per 90. He's, he's constantly trying to get that ball in. He can play left-back, left-wing-back, left-wing. He's versatile again. So I think that's that's the kind of real, real threat we've got to be watching out for. And it's going to be interesting to see um, how, how we look to deal with that because obviously our right-hand side is our biggest threat. Maybe that naturally will push that left-hand side a little bit back and, and make things harder for Middlesbrough. But if they're looking to be positive in this game, that's where it's going to come from um, predominantly. Uh, that's what we'd be expecting to see anyway. They're also quite a good carrying team. They dribble a lot. They're really aggressive with their runs. They, they like to try and take you on, which was actually a little bit surprising. I didn't realise they were quite so direct on the ball. But they have got the likes of Yannick Balassi in there now and even even someone like Duncan Watmore who likes to likes to travel with the ball and likes to carry it. So that's definitely a good way for them to transition that ball. And mo- they don't really build up the play with too many short passing and interchanging midfield. It's more about either them kind of direct longer balls, more vertical play forwards, or they've got players that can carry the ball, especially in them counter-attacks that can really hurt you uh, in terms of weaknesses i mean there's there's a few um they get caught offside a lot which is obviously not ideal um so you've got to be careful with that line but i think there's a, maybe a discipline issue in terms of that holding of the line or, or the front line from them forwards sometimes they can be a bit too keen to get to get into them dangerous positions and get behind defenders and they, they do get caught out a lot um again it, they are a little bit susceptible to counterattacks because when they do counter it kind of really they, they commit forward they commit those players forward and there is that space obviously it's kind of a makes it a real back and forth end-to-end game which which can happen with Middlesbrough um, so that's something that you've got to kind of be aware of you have got that space if you can force them out if you can kind of give them the opportunity to come out 
then that is somewhere that you can maybe look to get in behind, especially with the kind of pace and athleticism we have in our team ourselves. I think if you're from a Watford perspective, you might be looking at this game as thinking to yourself, how can we set tra- how can we set some traps and force Middlesbrough to play in our half? Can we tempt them into our half a little bit? And then are we good enough to win that ball back and get down the other end and create opportunities for ourselves? Um, obviously, I think in this one, Middlesbrough might be a little bit more pragmatic than, than some fixtures they have because of our league position. Uh, they might perhaps be looking to to play with a little bit more stability at the back, but they're at home, and you know you want to try and tempt them out. I think a little bit here. It's, it's a, obviously it's a it's a gamble, but I think we've got to find a way of breaking them down. That's one area which I think they look quite susceptible is that committing of bodies forward, and then are they able to get back? Which of course they're not always able to do. Um, as we all know, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation when you're throwing bodies forward and attack. It's it's hard to kind of keep that structure all the time and and find ways to stop the opposition. Um, so that kind of leads, leads us on to the next part of uh, this conversation, which what players do we need to be looking out for in this in this team? There's a couple we've mentioned already. Uh, Marvin Johnson from the left hand side, those those crosses consistently consistently getting them into the box. He, he's quite accurate with the crosses, but it's more just the quantity. It, it's it's something you've really got to try and stop. And as we just touched on, Kiko Femenia and Ishmael Asar are going to have that job going forwards. Can we pin Marvin Johnson back? Can we stop him playing in, in that final third of our pitch and getting those balls in? Because that's what the, the strikers are looking to thrive off. Um, and they've got a variety of options too. They they have quite a lot of rotation within the team. Uh, again, that's another thing that is quite difficult, especially with this fixture coming so soon. Uh, it's quite difficult to predict the lineup. Uh, it changes fairly regularly. Um, so it's it's very difficult to kind of put a like a certain lineup out and think okay we're going to be preparing for these these players because there could be some flexibility in there um but they've got they've got these players that can play in different positions too Yannick Balassi spent some minutes up front he spent some minutes out wide you've got Mendes Liang which can do the same Paddy McNair who's another player I want to I want to talk about in a second very versatile um he he can play in midfield and play center back a uh, good ball playing center back He's really, really solid for them. Uh, he's a leading assist in the team. I think he's got five assists, which is you know pretty impressive for the role he plays. Um, but he's he's dangerous, and you've got to be aware of these players. I think he's definitely one to watch out for. And I think as well, if we're talking about players that Watford are interested in, I think if we're looking at upgrading that centre-back position at some point, should we get promoted? Um, Paddy McNair actually is one that would probably be on my list. I think he's uh, been quite impressive. And the fact that he can play in, in a variety of positions is... Is obviously very beneficial. I think he's matured a lot um, in, in recent years, and I think we're seeing some really good football from from Paddy McNair. Um, again, we've got some other other dangerous players in there. Duncan Walkmore up front. He's the top goal scorer with seven goals. Uh, he scored in the previous game against Bournemouth, and he was on a bit of a dry spell. Uh, so it's good to see him kind of. He had, he had a good finish. He took a touch in the box and just had the light, nice shot across goal not the most powerful strike but did just kind of trickle in at that far post but it was, it was a really good finish actually kind of on the move um, he, he's someone that's is quite dangerous to play against he's somewhat of a lateral forward he'll get into them wide areas and he'll stretch defences especially when he's kind of combining with that left hand side it can be quite quite hard to pick up um, and again if they're playing with that two up front then he's someone that can definitely move around and, and, and hurt you in those positions um, I would be interested to see if he looks to kind of stick more on Syriata Syriata is obviously far more dominant in terms of those physical duels but maybe he sees a little bit of space there and I think if there's a if there's a weakness to Syriata's game it's playing in space um, I think that's where opposition have to try and find ways against him is, is, is in that space and I think it's hard to create but should you do that then that is an opportunity for them to kind of get in behind and possibly create something so Duncan Watmore is another one to watch out for uh, and lastly I'd say 
probably Marcus Tavernier. I never know how to pronounce his name, if it's Tavernier or Tavernier, but let's just go with Tavernier for now. Marcus Tavernier, attacking midfielder, central midfielder. He's athletic. He's good on the ball, intelligent player. He, he can move into spaces that others don't in that midfield. And he's someone that's that's looking to kind of link up play. They don't have too many of those players in that in that team. But if you had to pick out one, then Marcus Tavernier is definitely someone that likes to likes to play a little bit more. And maybe he, has that, he can be that link from attack to defense or from defense to attack, sorry, which can be quite lacking in, in some of these kind of more vertical teams that play forward with, with speed. And those those teams that carry the ball as much as, as the likes of Middlesbrough. So he's one to see. I think he was, I think if I recall, he was pretty good actually in the first in the first leg of this fixture, we first game of the season, I think he was maybe one of their better players. Um, it's not getting that confused a different game, but uh, he's definitely the one one to watch out for. I quite like him uh, as a footballer. I think he's pretty good. Um, so looking at where they can hurt us now, I think we've already touched on it. But it's that cross again. I don't want to over kind of overgo on this cross situation from the left hand side, but that is their main threat. That's where I think we're going to be having to stop. Uh, and where we can hurt them, I think we've got to be dominant with the ball. We've got to be patient. We're going to have the ball. Again, I feel like we've kind of been repeating this this mantra already, kind of be patient and probe. But it's something that we we have to do in these in these games. And I'd say Middlesbrough are maybe a, a better outfit in terms of dealing with lack of possession. Um, I think Sheffield Wednesday... I didn't think they were great against us. Uh, I think Birmingham too, they, they had spells, but they didn't really kind of make us pay with that direct football that they, they're capable of. Uh, and we looked quite comfortable on the ball. I, th- I think this one though, there's going to be a little bit more of a threat. I think when we're committing bodies forward, we've got to be aware of that counter. Um, so we've got to be patient. We've got we've got to keep possession. I don't want to see us giving up the ball too much. We've been much better in recent weeks. The likes of Chalibur, he's, he's looked much improved uh, in terms of kind of retaining that ball. So I think we've got to continue in that in that vein, really, and, and be patient. And I would like, also like to see, depending on how that that Middlesbrough back line sets up, if they're in a four, then I'm okay with us kind of pushing that back line and getting someone between that middle two and using that that wing play to to find space. Having said that, if they're playing a back three, I'd like to see us trying to avoid getting caught up in that back three. Um, one of the criticisms I had of the Sheffield Wednesday game. I felt Isaac's success has often found himself too too close to that back three. You don't need to be on that on that centre back group if you're an, if you're a central forward on your own. Three centre backs are going to nullify you. I want to try and avoid that space of the pitch as much as possible. Obviously, your main goal is to get the ball into the box. You're going to come up against them, but I don't really want to be playing the ball into my striker surrounded by three centre backs there. Um, I'd rather see someone like Jao Pedro that can drop off. Uh, he can he can pull some players out, perhaps play in that space that's often left behind, um, and 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 try and look to do things a little bit differently. Maybe him dropping in kind of gives you that opportunity for those wide men to tuck inside and have that kind of inside forward role. They can push on and then find that space we, we always talk about behind the fullback or behind the wingback, sorry, and, and between that centre back. Um, so we've got to be a little bit more creative there. Having said that, you know we've already discussed. We don't know how they're going to set up. So we have to wait and see until uh, 12.30 and see what Neil Warnock puts out on the day. But we, we have to be prepared for that. And we've got the personnel that we can we can be, we're able to adapt depending on whatever they put out. So we can we can set our lineup out and set that up uh, nice and early. And we don't really have to worry too much because we've got that flexibility in there. We just have to be aware of it. Um, so I do feel like this is a game that we really could dominate uh, in terms of possession. Uh, that midfield is going to be really important for us. I think it's it's definitely one we want to kind of keep that ball as much as possible. But then also that kind of leads us to our next point is what's the what's the team what's the team going to be? The lineup's going to be potentially quite different. Obviously, there's been a lot of football. We've had quite a few internationals away, a couple of injuries. Previous game is you know only a couple of days ago, and 
Jao Pedro, I'd say, is one that you're definitely thinking is going to be out. Um, I, I don't think the injury is perhaps as serious as we first feared, which is obviously great to hear and great to see. That's kind of just a judgment call there based on the on the footage. There was no roll of the ankle. It seems like an impact, which generally you can feel a little bit more positive about. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we miss him for this game, maybe two. But I, I'd like to think he'll be back in the squad in no time. I mean, there's an outside chance he'll be in the team or in the squad um, come Monday. If not, maybe we'll see Isaac's success again starting that middle and you'd imagine Ken Semmel will be brought out on that left-hand side. It, it, you feel like Ken Semmel will be coming in. Although, having said that again, maybe maybe Andre Gray is there of Isaac's success. And we even do have the option of Steve Pariccia, but it looks like he's kind of fallen down the pecking order even more, which is a little bit of a shame because we saw some promise from him. Um, and then again, in midfield, is Tom Cleverley going to be fit? What's the fitness levels of Ismail Assar on the right-hand side? Are our fullbacks good? Kiko Femenia's played a lot of football. Maybe we're thinking Jeremy and Gakia might offer us a lot of support. There's lots of things to bear in mind. Even Truce Kong at the back, he's played played a lot of international football and we've got other options there. It's a dangerous game, um, mixing mixing these players around, but it's one that we kind of have to consider and I'm, I'm sure a lot of that will come down to our medical staff and, and I'm sure they'll be closely assessing that as, in the build-up to the game and keeping an eye on who's who's ready, who's available, who's, who's an injury risk. And we kind of got to weigh up the decisions on the, on the day. So it's going to be hard to predict. But I think what we can feel comfortable or confident about is that we do have the strength and depth in most positions that if we have to make one or two changes, then we, we can do so as long as we're not making too many. Uh, and we're still able to kind of keep that philosophy and that system in place with one or two changes. And if that's what we need to do, then that's what we need to do. Um, I do feel quite confident we can win this game. Um, I think, as I said, it will be a, it'll be a tougher fixture, but it's definitely one that's winnable. And I think for me, it's one that is must, almost must win. Uh, I think the, the results today, um, they do put us in a position where we could come away with a point um, and not be too not be too dissatisfied. I think the fact that we're playing first gives us a bit of an advantage again. I think psychologically, it's a big boost. Um, I feel pretty pretty happy about that, especially especially when Swansea and Brentford are kind of struggling a little bit. They're not able to quite kind of get over that line. I think Swansea are definitely going to be falling off now, and and Brentford are just struggling to kind of reach those levels they're capable of. They had a lot of uh, a lot of issues that I think maybe are harder to pick up than, than Swansea's. Who Swansea are just struggling in general, but Brentford have had some real specific issues, especially in that forward line that's kind of hampering them. So. It's going to be interesting to see, but again, feeling pretty confident for this one. Um, there's not too much more to touch on here, guys. I just want to kind of go over this quite briefly. I know we've had a lot of podcasts in the in the, in the last week or so, so I hope it's not too much um, quantity for you. Um, I want to try and keep it nice and brief and, and not get too caught up in the weeds here. Um, but yeah, again, feeling pretty confident, looking forward to the game, hoping we can come away with another three points and uh, push on in, in what's really kind of heating up now and this, that, this final push is becoming pretty intense. I think so far we're doing really well. It is good to come back with uh, with a win. Obviously, we went at our best, but I think the important thing is we were a team, we were one of the only teams at that top three or we were the only team at that top four to come away with three points in that returning game. So we have to kind of focus on that. And even though you could say the, the result warranted the draw perhaps in some ways we got the we got the three points and they're on the board so we move on now and this this next game is a, is a huge one and we can say that about every single game i suppose but um yeah it's just the situation we're in so it's great to be in um looking forward to it so thanks everyone that uh, come and listened again really appreciate that uh, if you want to kind of get in touch and send me a dm or, or get involved in any conversation you like on on twitter Feel free to get in touch and uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, I've been your host, Jordan Weimer, and I'll speak to you next time.
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.